0: Hey, Rachel.
1: Hey, Brian.
0: So how was your week?
1: Well, it's taken 245 years, but um, this country is finally breaking away from the British monarchy.
0: Oh, really? Yes. It, uh, I thought that happened in 1776.
1: Seventy six. Yes. But <laughs> it seemed like Oprah brought the nation together for this hair raising interview with Meghan and Harry. And we had this consensus for like 12 hours that the monarchy had to go not like it's up to us, but, right. you know, not for us. And, like it. Right. And uh, it, it descended into the same old tribalism as before, to which, you know, the conservatives are saying that the monarchy is a victim of cancel culture. And to which I say, yes, yes, it should be. <laughs> okay. Something should be canceled. Isn't that what the American Revolution was for, to cancel the monarchy?
0: Very right? good point. <laughs> Very astute. I like that. OK, we're going to discuss that. And a lot, lot more. This is Nope.
1: The podcast where we shut it down.
0: We're just a couple of New York Jews talking about the news, beating back the blues. we made a podcast and news. Why had to laugh so we don't cry? Come and join us for the ride. Welcome to Nope. So tell me something interesting about your week. What happened?
1: Well, this this is really riveting. So I have a four-year-old MacBook Air, and it works fine, except lately the battery dies in like 20 minutes if it's not plugged in. So now that I have my first dose of the vaccine, I'm feeling like, oh, maybe I'll go to an Apple store and get a new battery, like live a little. So I call up Apple and I have this nice conversation with a representative who tells me to make an appointment at the nearest Apple sanctioned repair place, which is a Best Buy on Long Island. So I do that. I make an appointment with the Geek Squad. Oh, I didn't know that
0: still existed. I thought that was like a thing from the 90s. No,
1: it still exists. I mean, and you can make the appointment Appointment online, and so the night before I'm supposed to go, though, like I cannot sleep. I'm thinking about this Best Buy <laughs> appointment. I'm panicked about the Geek Squad. I keep thinking about like, wait, wait, the- what is it
0: about the? Wait, are you panicked <laughs> about going into a store because of COVID? Or are you panicked about the Geek Squad themselves? Yes, no, like-
1: there's. There's two elements. Evil, evil clowns (laughs) or something. (laughs) There's both. There's both. So I am like panicked about going into a Best Buy. I'm worried, like, are they sanitizing? But I also keep thinking about like espionage and Hunter Biden's laptop and all the information that I have (laughs) stored on my laptop. And everything's running through my head from like theft to blackmail scenarios, you know, espionage, (laughs) kidnapping. So I spend hours (laughs) online figuring. Encrypting
0: out, your, your hard
1: encrypting drive. my hard drive. There's this thing called File Vault. I don't think it really worked, and if it does, it slowed down my computer immeasurably. Then I wanted to lock down any folders that contain any sensitive personal information. But you can't do that without getting like outside software. And the whole thing was like a classic schmagoo. And it made me very anxious. And then I woke up the next day exhausted and I canceled my appointment. So
0: (laughs) So you showed them.
1: (laughs) So anyway, I don't know what... (laughs) Walt Mossberg, if you're listening, please help me. I need to know what to do to feel secure dropping my computer off somewhere. I
0: don't know. I don't know. So So I um, yeah, I I spent a fair amount of time this past week. You know, I run this uh, fellowship. Uh, at Stowe School in England, where you've visited with me um, for a graduating uh, Harvard senior to go teach and live for a year. And I did this fellowship many years ago, and now I run the fellowship and I help select the candidates. So we had seven finalist candidates and we did Zoom interviews with them. And as a result, I read their resumes and college students nowadays have resumes. I don't even recall if I did, but apparently it's become in fashion now at the bottom of it to have interests and it's your like yeah. you know your light-hearted you know extracurricular interests not your actual activities and so forth so rachel in college if if you had been asked to make a resume that had interests on it what would you have put on there i know i'm springing what on would, this you without without any
1: um maybe yoga possibly right.
0: yeah maybe. like i didn't
1: Running, cooking, I don't know. Yeah, that, I maybe I didn't really me.
0: have interest. My interests were my extracurriculars, right? And yeah. I just didn't do much. I don't know. You would be amazed if you saw the things that these kids legitimately put down as interests. And we always asked about them because it's often the most important because a lot of them are like, you know, just career <laughs> ladder, you know, and it's often the most interesting thing about them. What it's do they like say? It. So here I, I just jotted down a list of some of the things. And I, I, they're a little bit funny, but mostly I'm saying this out of respect, like these kids do everything. Like one of them put down bird watching. As a as a hobby, as an interest, uh, you know, I didn't know any bird watchers in college. One of them had American Samoan dancing, oh. uh, and she's from American Samoa, so good on her. Although I didn't realize this, uh, it's pronounced Samoa, American Samoa. Um, really? Yeah. Well, I trust her. Sure? She's from. There. Am <laughs> I sure she was born there? She li- lives there.
1: I think she's trolling you.
0: Okay, I'm not going to appropriate the word Samoa. Um, One guy was uh, interested in Sherlock Holmes and Rubik's Cubes. And then here was my favorite. There's someone who who put down that her absolute favorite thing in the world is celestial navigation. And, And she was from, like, the city. Okay. (laughs) And I said, like, how did you get interested in that? And she said, Well, I, I taught took a class in it. And like I came from remember like she wandered into the wrong classroom during like shopping period or something. And she decided that's what she needed in her life was celestial navigation. And then it just kept coming up in the interview because we would be like, What was your favorite class? <laughs> celestial navigation. What's the favorite trip you took in college? Celestial navigation. We went to sea. for whale watching oh and they had
1: to find their way back
0: (laughs) no find their way to the whales or something by following the north star i don't know so i mean i'm not really making fun because hats off to these kids who have such diverse interests it's fantastic i wasn't interested in anything i mean
1: that's that's cool okay listen whatever it's better to have interest than not (laughs) i
0: don't know how you're going to (laughs) use celestial navigation Celestial seasonings tea, maybe. I like
1: that. So. <laughs> that's who you need,
0: though. Like
1: it's like that person is the one who's that's, gonna figure out how to get you back home, you know? That's like if, <laughs> if
0: the worst happens, at least we'll be able to navigate at sea by the stars. Okay, let's uh okay. let's get into the notes. Rachel, there's really only one topic. Okay. It's the I would say yes. the elephant in the room, but it's the,
1: not, it's <laughs> the biggest news of the week, and I'm not talking about Congress passing a $1.9 trillion COVID relief package because this podcast is called Nope and that would be a yup. I'm talking about Oprah's interview on Sunday with Meghan Markle and Prince Harry which overall was a yup but there it was chock full of nopes embedded within it like a moldy fruitcake.
0: (laughs) Nope away. Um
1: no, so Meghan and Harry, as you all know, have quit their jobs as senior members of the royal family. So they aren't micromanaged by a team of royal press people who, you know, who knows what they might say. Right. So Buckingham Palace wanted to get ahead of the story. And they started like planting negative stories about Meghan in the week before the interview so that they said there's an investigation into how she spoke abusively to palace staffers. There was this article with the headline: "Meghan Markle got dressing down from the Queen after egg remark." And so, what happened wait, was wait, that wait, no, 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 no. this is what they were doing to like get ahead of it. You know, they wait. What is to- the egg
0: remark <laughs> that they buried the lead?
1: What? I know. So, what happened was that Meghan said she she could taste an egg in a dish after she had been told that there was no egg
0: (laughs) this is what a thousand year monarchy is fracturing over (laughs) whether or not she she tasted an egg I did not hear any of this story the queen is actually very sensitive to ingredients um (laughs) No, because when I had when I attended this luncheon with the Queen at the aforementioned Stowe School, she was very particular. She can't have onions because she doesn't want her breath to smell. Uh She she can't have cherry tomatoes because they might explode (laughs) on on her dress. Like when you put them in your mouth, they explode. You
1: you know this. You know her like
0: a hundred percent. I talked to the caterers. How (laughs)
1: have we not? How have we not talked about this before? This is breaking news.
0: You can't have cherry tomatoes.
1: You're like Eric Trump adjacent and Queen Elizabeth adjacent. No, but I actually amazing. spoke
0: to the Queen. Eric would she would speak to me. Eric Trump wouldn't speak to me. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I mean, that's my two cents wow. on the Queen and her eating and her preferences. Taste, but so,
1: right, so you would think she should be understanding over Meghan Markle's sensitivity about an egg, but no, she said that Meghan, you have to calm down. We do not speak to people <laughs> like this. To which I say. Isn't the job Wait, who did she speak to right to speak down to
0: people? <laughs> to speak
1: down to people? This is what the being a duchess entails. It, if not that, what? And also not to be all like what about this, what about that, but they should Maybe look inward because (laughs) Prince Andrew is like a literal pedophile (laughs) running around.
0: International fugitive. (laughs) And she's right right about like an egg.
1: (laughs) (laughs) An egg. And as we saw with the interview, Megan loves eggs. So this is obviously a total lie because the whole time they're with Oprah, they're like picking up eggs. Oh, right. Oh, I thought you were going to say she was
0: like eating scrambled eggs during (laughs) theater.
1: No. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I like to think they were like, come on over, Oprah. Take some eggs from our brood of rescue Hens, pigeons. Right. Hens. Rescue <laughs> I was, was pigeons.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: I am not Megan, a bird washer. Megan, Megan
0: was so scarred by the egg incident that she now <laughs> only breeds pigeon eggs. <laughs> it's just safer that way. <laughs> you, can't, yes. you can't have your eggs and eat them too. <laughs> okay, yeah. so okay. I did not expect okay. that twist. I didn't know anything <laughs> okay. about that.
1: Okay, so Anyway, so Oprah had some great questions and fabulous follow-ups. And the whole time I'm wondering if Megan and Harry had planned in advance to spill so much tea or if like Oprah asked and they just had to go there because you don't want to lie to Oprah. That's the thing. You're like it's, under it's, oath.
0: It's like lying you're under to a Oprah grand oath. jury. Yeah, it
1: is. It's like under penalty of like perjury. Not death perjury, perjury but sure. like, yeah, yeah. Perjury. Right. Um, or hey, hell you know so (laughs) it's it's like being ostracized by oprah is like the ninth circle of hell yes at
0: least yes maybe the 10th
1: so to dig in the first big thing that happened in the interview that made my jaw totally drop was when oprah asked megan did you make kate middleton cry and like for background on this nonsense doesn't matter like yeah, no, there was this. No, it is. It is relevant because there was a tabloid story right before Meghan and Harry's wedding claiming that Meghan made Kate cry over the flower girl dresses. OK, so here on national television, Oprah as her witness, Meghan Markle under oath, confirming that, yes, <laughs> there was an altercation over the flower girl dresses, but that it was Kate who made Meghan cry, not the reverse.
0: That's almost as serious an issue as the egg. Like- <laughs> 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 <But what? laughs> two grown what? women crying over a child's bridesmaid
1: dress it gets <laughs> no, like the thing is she never said specifically what happened oprah could not get that out of her um and I did a little digging and it had been previously reported that the dispute was over whether or not the flower girls, which included Kate's daughter, Princess Charlotte, whether or not they should wear tights, (laughs) whether or not children should wear tights. (laughs) Megan thought that it would be too hot, but this is not making it any
0: better, (laughs) (laughs) any less trivial.
1: Kate was insisting that the girls wear pantyhose and maybe maybe it was over sheer versus opaque I don't know, I don't maybe know the if difference they'd...
0: between those two things <laughs> are they, are they like different
1: op- it, opaque is like a thick tight and sheer is like you could still see the leg through oh, it. I know what
0: the words opaque and sheer mean I didn't know like the difference between a Stockings. tight and a pantyhose yeah okay, okay. yeah okay not important okay
1: anyway whatever so i'm so team megan on this like people get very upset before weddings over little nonsense things and you should just go with the flow and these are kids who cares she didn't want them to wear tights why should they have to wear tights at a hot wedding and why did kate middleton have to be such a petty little bitch right i mean i mean
0: also i mean i've never been in the situation but i feel like you should always defer to the bride it's their day they're emotionally wrapped up in this the brides are an afterthought their tights are certainly an after this is not afterthought. a hill to die on <laughs> right. right
1: with your sister-in-law it's just gross you know it's like it's a it's a power play is right. what it was okay
0: so so far this rift in the house of windsor <laughs> is over an egg and tights
1: children's tights so.
0: what, what could possibly get worse from here so,
1: the biggest moment was when Megan told Oprah that certain members of the royal family were concerned about the skin color of their baby, Archie, before he was born, um, what what his skin tone would be when he was born. So we, I just have to put a clip because it's iconic. And also concerns and conversations about how dark his skin might be when he's born. What? And...
0: Who who is having that conversation?
1: Okay. So there's a two second pause, followed by what? That that has been replayed what?
0: endlessly. Like when she did it, I was there was something magical about her delivery. It was simultaneously authentic and yet it was like the most the most dramatic reading in history. Like
1: uh, she should she yes. should win an EGOT
0: just for that word. Just, just for, for what? that.
1: I loved it because it was shocking and she let herself go there and let herself be shocked and be in the moment. And so often journalists and interviewers think they have to maintain this like illusion of like detached detachment from the subject and she was just like in it. So that was incredible. And then Harry joins the interview and the question is like who was it, right? Who was the person who had these conversations, these racist conversations and Harry wouldn't say who. And first of all, it was obviously Charles, especially if you watched The Crown, you know, it was which is 100% Charles. true and historical. It's 100% true. And by the way, I thought it was incredible that um Megan and harry said that they watch parts of the crown the
0: parts right and by like parts i sure. mean like all of it multiple times
1: <laughs> of course yes um but so the speculation about who this person was who had this conversation continued until the next day when oprah said that harry had told her that it wasn't the queen and it wasn't prince philip so it must be charles right like i mean well, I it, it could have been so. Camilla.
0: It could have been Camilla. It could have been uh, Will's or Kate, theoretically.
1: Right. It could have been multiple of them. They never said it was just one person. Yeah, but
0: she wouldn't have cared if it was like Beatrix and Eugenie who said it, or Fergie, or Uncle Andy. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like. Right.
1: Right. So I think it could. It was Charles, and it could have also possibly been William. Um, and we don't know. And the, the moment sent the palace into a tailspin, they released a statement. Did you see the statement? Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It said they're doing an internal investigation and they'll handle the matter privately, which is also known as there will be no investigation and we will handle the matter. Not at all. <laughs> right. I mean, and then Prince William was asked on the street today um, in London by a reporter, is your family racist did you see that clip no
0: not at all no
1: and he actually answered and he said my family is very much not a racist family and that's like sure jan the entire monarchy <laughs> the entire premise
0: built, of the it, commonwealth is, is like
1: uh like subjugation and white supremacy and right and even when they is.
0: Even when they like all the colonies became independent in the 50s and 60s, they became quote unquote independent. Like, but we're still going to keep our fingers in the whole like oversight game by having this thing called the Commonwealth. And yes, you're technically independent, but we'd like the queen to be on your money. And Uh she's still the sovereign. And so that it's not really those countries. I mean, they're independent, but they're. They're trying to have it still
1: under the thumb of the queen. Yes. And so he should have just said, like, yes, my family is very much a racist (laughs) family. (laughs) You know, at least he would have owned it. Um, And then the final thing that I want to talk about with this interview is that there was a lot of chatter about security. And I'm not an expert on the ins and outs of royal security or any security for that matter, (laughs) and who gets it and who shouldn't get it. But what Meghan and Harry were saying was that basically they were cut off not just from funds from the royal family, but from the security provided by the crown that comes with being a member of the royal family and so it just left them vulnerable to maniacs and kidnappers and the geek squad you know right which like I
0: understand if they're not doing the royal duties anymore but they are still this child Archie by virtue of his birth into the royal family Uh, which he did not ask to be born into that family is uniquely vulnerable. And therefore they have some obligation no matter what his, even if they completely disagree with what his parents have chosen to do, they think it's disrespectful and terrible. Like, Protect the child. Why should the child pay the price? He's exactly.
1: Be- he didn't ask for any of this.
0: It's going to be like the you Lindbergh know? baby. like.
1: <laughs> totally. It puts him at risk. And I could see why she would be worried about that. But like, it was also interesting. They moved to the U.S. And then she said that they're... Good friend Tyler Perry let him let them stay at his house and paid for their security. So we have this guy, this very rich man, who is the creator of *A Madea Halloween* and *Big Mama's House*, doing more for the royal. Com- more for this couple than like Buckingham Palace, and it's like the ultimate American holiday twist, you know. It's like the
0: ulta, it's the American sto- uh, the American dream come to life. Right?
1: It is <laughs> Medea saved the royals. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's it. He
0: was just mining. It was cheap. It was cheaper than like buying the rights to the story. He just got right. to, like, <laughs> like he brought him into he his own life. <laughs> <laughs> he lived a true tale based on the. Semi-autobiographical film about Medea hosting the, the, the royal. royals. Okay. Can we shut this down, please? Okay. We've gone on a yeah. long time. Okay, it's, nope. It's, shut it's, this okay. down. Okay. But, nope. Nope I, to the
1: royal family. Nope to the monarchy. No, absolutely not. We want to okay. no in this. Rachel, okay. this okay. next
0: next item I see on my list is very, very different.
1: It's very different. So there was this video. Um of a bath and body works <laughs> melee that went viral this week. And I had to watch it several times to figure out what was happening and why it was happening. Um You saw this, right?
0: Yeah, when you sent it to me. But yeah, okay. I, uh, yes, I, I texted it, just like, it to you. But it... yeah, likewise, like you just want to you let the loop run and run and run. You're like, hey, wait, who started this? Like, what, what is, is it like, about? W- like, who,
1: like... like, what angle should I be looking at? It like, just keeps I... going.
0: Like, you, you think it would be like a, a momentary. <laughs> Scuffle, but it winds up. It's like the a five year. It's like the Civil War. Like it's it just like keeps a going. four
1: act play. It's like, <laughs> so, so let's try there's to like, describe there's it.
0: There's like subplots and like minor characters. Yes, like,
1: <laughs> like a Greek chorus. It's like a whole thing. It really
0: is.
1: Yes. So um, there was an article in the Arizona Republic because this Bath and Body Works was in Scottsdale. <laughs> And so since it's so hard to tell from watching the video what's going on, here's how they describe it, um, which is this is based on a police report of the incident. So they didn't name anybody involved because they, they were only charged with misdemeanors. So here's the play by play. So it starts out when a mother, an unnamed mother, is waiting in line to pay with her baby in a <laughs> stroller. She's standing off to the side in an attempt to socially distance, And then three women who are waiting in line together, they step up to pay and they kind of cut her in line. And the mother asks, like, can't you see me standing here in this line? And the mother said that the youngest of the three, the group of three women put her body over her daughter's stroller. So the mother says, back up. And then the young woman and the mother and her mother-in-law, they begin arguing with the mother. And then somehow it gets physical and then the employees jump in there's four Bath and Body Works employees wearing those blue aprons and they just like jump in dive into the commotion trying to separate these women the mother found refuge behind a candle display and the employees told the other women to leave the store okay so then the mother decides to shout from behind the candle display she couldn't leave well enough alone She <laughs> shouts she's like women. she's
0: sheltering in place if by yes. place you me behind the candle display
1: and she has to say it she says you're all trailer park trash at which point the young woman wearing all black walks over to the mother and throws a bag at her which hits her in the face like oh, a i bag didn't see of, that like, you couldn't yes. tell
0: there was such like this was like in a cartoon when there's a fight and there's just like dust everywhere and you can't see what's happening in it that's what this this uh, was. this clip is like
1: It was. And then the woman in the black and white goes and rips off an employee's mask, grabs the employee's hair. Who knows what the employee had to do with any of this? And they wrestle, touch the ground until another employee jumps in and puts the mother-in-law in a headlock to stop the fighting. And then they're all three on the ground. And another employee separates them and push the aggressors out of the store. And then even after this was over and the three women who were harassing the Mother, were out of the store. The rioting continued. There was. But an she wanted due- her
0: bag. Wait, she wanted her bag. She's like, "Give me my bag, right?" She wouldn't leave the store. Oh yes, she wanted her bag. Yes, she yeah. wanted
1: her bag, which she threw at the woman's face. <laughs> like you
0: forfeited the right to leave with your bag the ba- <laughs> when you threw it at someone else, and <laughs> probably right. ruined the candle display. But yes,
1: right, right. But so it was still going on. People were screaming. They were pointing fingers at each other. And so the lingering question after hearing this play by play and watching the video multiple times is what like, why did this happen? Why? What was the, <laughs> what, what was the impetus? <laughs> so I thought at first it was a mask thing. Cause I saw one woman rip the other woman's no, mask. That was off, just but collateral it, damage. No, so. it was just, it, that was just in the heat of the moment. It had nothing to do with masks. It was like a bunch of people buying body wash and like spoiling <laughs> for a fight it was like mad max beyond the thunder
0: <laughs> fury it's road like, fury like
1: is this people is this worth it in the middle of a pandemic that's like for what lotion, i want to know
0: lotion i don't even know what they sell there and isn't isn't there some connection between bath and body works and jeffrey epstein like is it the-
1: yes and i think that you know who shops at bath and body works like it's it's the behavior that you can expect from the self-selecting band of garbage monsters who like (laughs) still shop there even though it's tied to jeffrey epstein through limited brands because the founder and chairman of limited brands is this guy named leslie wexner Wexner, who um was jeffrey epstein's benefactor and like the whole thing it was just like a microcosm of the Capitol insurrection. Like all these people, just like wanting to be like let out of their cages and <laughs> just like give just give them
0: the slightest spark, and it all <laughs> goes up in flames. <laughs>
1: yes, so it's um it's a cautionary tale as we all venture <laughs> outside.
0: What? <laughs> what? What's don't the moral go... of the story? Other than don't, don't go, to, go to at the
1: Bodyworks. Ba- <laughs>
0: Okay. Shut it down. No.
1: Right. Right. So no, buy your lotion online, please. Okay.
0: Okay. Uh, You have one more, I think, and then I have a couple. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, okay. So Elizabeth Banks um, has a new movie. She's been one of the few actresses in Hollywood who have successfully transitioned from acting and you know, going into directing big budget movies. She even sometimes does both at the same time. She's made movies like Charlie's Angels and Pitch Perfect 2, but her next project is very different from those two things. And it raises a lot of questions. And I have to say, I'm half excited about it and half scared for the cast and crew and Elizabeth (laughs) Banks herself. So, So let me just say, the film is called Cocaine Bear and
0: it's off to a great start
1: <laughs> cocaine bear you've got, is my, you've got my
0: attention yes.
1: <laughs> yes it's a great name for a movie it's a bear-centric thriller so it's not a a comedic movie
0: like the revenant right wasn't that that?
1: yes i know right like the revenant so it's it's based on a true story so it's it's kind of like um a biopic or (laughs) like like a period piece
0: (laughs) Medea's royal family
1: medea saves the royals from from (laughs) so it's based on a story from uh 1985 um when everybody was consuming vast quantities of cocaine i guess even wildlife um so there was a 175 pound bear in Kentucky that consumed over 70 pounds of cocaine that had been dropped from a plane by a smuggler and died and this sounds like a very short film right (laughs) well wait
0: also 175 pound bear is not a large bear I don't think I think they're like hundreds and hundreds of pounds yes and and the question did it eat it by accident or was it part of a scheme of a smug like a drug mule like was it a intended
1: to- no i think it was accidental i think the this bag dropped in the woods and the this bear the small bear saw it and ate it and um after it took died. a t-
0: after it took a taste or two don't you think it would have known that like oh this is not sugar or candy this yeah not taste this is good. not food yeah okay was anyway, not a
1: very smart is, bear well, but well, I, you know i don't know
0: here okay so let's say okay the bear eats the cocaine and dies proceed and die okay <laughs>
1: So like that's the beginning, the middle, and the end, right? So the this article in the in the Hollywood Reporter said that the exact plot details of the film, which is eyeing a summer shoot date, are being kept under wraps. Because how can they be a <laughs> plot? How can you create a character arc for a bear Wait, that accidentally consumes 70 pounds of cocaine and dies? Wait, like is there it, is n- it like- wouldn't
0: that's act one or like the the cold open? That's like the cold <laughs> right. open of it's a the cold movie,
1: open. Right?
0: And then is it like a whole heist like thriller to try to recover the the body of the bear and extricate the cocaine and then other different people are plotting to get the cocaine that sounds kind of exciting
1: maybe it's maybe the bear is never even seen maybe it's about the people (laughs) it's like waiting who lost the cocaine (laughs) (laughs) waiting for cocaine bear (laughs) <laughs> Even that's
0: not a very good... I mean, like, what are they going to do? They, like, in the plane? Like, where did the cocaine go? Oh, I think it fell out the window. Let's land and try to find it. What's this dead bear doing here? I don't know. Let's <laughs> pump his stomach. Oh, we got the cocaine back. Like, f- f- finesse. Like, yes. that? okay, so that's a 10-minute movie then. Like, what... <laughs>
1: that's really like The Revenant. It's like, you know, when he hides inside the bear. No, I
0: didn't watch that. Oh, okay. Nonsense.
1: <laughs> no, and like, that's the thing. I'm like curious also about like the pitch meeting. Because Elizabeth Banks must be great. They say great she, in the room. Like, right. she must like to convince she's Universal. No dummy. She's
0: no dummy. She wouldn't no, get behind she's... a stupid project, right?
1: No. But like, how did she get Universal to sign off on this craziness? Was she like, imagine this. It's like the Revenant meets Scarface, except instead of Al Pacino or Leonardo DiCaprio, we have a bear and we pay him in fish and you get to keep all the money that would have gone to casting one of those right. people. You no, know? Royalties.
0: No, no royalties. No royalties,
1: right. <laughs> right? So okay. I don't know, like, yeah, I think that there should be a documentary, The Making of Cocaine Bear, directed by Werner Herzog, and that will be a more interesting film than Cocaine Bear
0: itself. Yep. Okay. Nope. Yep. Uh, when it comes okay. out, if it ever comes out, Rachel I will see it. I will. It. I will, it. If will anyone see. can make this wait, work. Wait, you said it's you were going to watch Banks. the Louise Linton movie,
1: which I never did. You said you would too. Yeah. Well, did we'll you wait watch till, it? We'll,
0: No. We'll wait till we're reunited in one room, and we can. That could be our big kickoff. That
1: could be our You're big kickoff. Enough. Okay. 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 Great.
0: Okay. I got one. So this is a story about one. What some people will do for their art. Uh, it is a story about a guy named Neil Sarfati who is a saxophonist 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 Um, yes and he just told his story to the guardian the story happened a long time ago but he just told it to the guardian and tongues are wagging about it so it seemed like the kind of thing we should talk about um the story starts in 1968 uh neil was 23 years old he lived in texas and as he wrote he smoked a lot of pot and one night while he was high his neighbor got him into scientology as you do, Um, and he started taking courses, and he got hooked on Scientology, as you do. So he left his wife, of course, moved to San Francisco, found a new wife, who of course is in Scientology, and joined the Sea Org, which for those of you who are not um, familiar, it's like a fleet of ships that lives offshore, and it's for the quote unquote elite Scientologist, and it's these golden luxury, supposed to be these golden luxury yachts. Except it's not.
1: Except, well,
0: we'll we'll get to that, right? So he was selected to join the elite crew of the Sea Org. And he got there, and instead of being luxury golden yacht, he said it was a rusty tugboat, which was a retired (laughs) troop carrier from World War II. And he and his Scientology wife had the ultimate luxury of a a private bedroom that was the size of a closet, which they were very glad to have because most of the other rooms were dorms with 100 men. Per room, And they couldn't even all sleep at the same time. They had to sleep in shifts because um, they couldn't all fit in the room. Well, <clears throat> that's kind of a standard Scientology story. That itself would not be a nope. Old story. Here's where it gets interesting and weird. So they landed in Madeira, the island of Madeira, uh-huh. which is an autonomous region of Portugal sort of yes. way off the coast of morocco i learned and they
1: by... make a delicious spirit called madeira
0: <laughs> yes yes which i <laughs> i learned the location by looking it up i did not exactly know where it was i knew it was an island okay so the mayor of madeira which i didn't know was a thing um <laughs> when they arrived said like are there any musicians on board <laughs> like, <laughs> like he needed are there put... any
1: saxophonists
0: so <laughs> cause the like, he needed to put on a Madeira concert. <laughs> And okay. he said, like, this boat, this tugboat washed ashore. And he's like, I need some. Music on there. Is there a doctor on board? So it turned out that there were multiple musicians on this sea org ship. And they formed a
1: band. And they weren't um, using their talents. They were just, like, languishing right. at sea. That's like, right. Not- so. They doing formed, what they love no okay, so, they they, so they
0: formed a band called the <laughs> apollo all-stars um and it turned out that the, a lot of the musicians in the apollo all-stars who happened to be on this tugboat were real musicians who had played with like famous people one of them played on the original mission impossible theme and before you know it they were so popular and so good that they were t- 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 touring all over europe playing stadiums with ten thousand people in it and
1: (laughs) were they getting paid or did they have to give all of their money they played
0: for free which is why they got to all these bookings and they had they had roadies and dancers and a pr team who i'm sure all worked for free because they were scientology people also and they were slaves basically Um, and here's the especially weird part so l ron hubbard um took a great interest in this because he loves attention and like so and he loves celebrity right so suddenly he had these like handcrafted celebrity who he owned through mind control um and he got super heavily involved with the band and they said he would spend hours each day
1: <laughs> like Just working like with them. Yes. But Scientology he... <laughs> jazz band on a boat?
0: <laughs> yes. And he was they had an album. He was credited as a producer on the album, but he didn't do anything. And the guy, Neil Sarfati, who wrote this piece, said, quote, I was scared shitless the first day I met him on this mission because I thought he could read minds. Um uh-huh. so they were literally all like hypnotized by him. Um but the story, the the fame, as with so many of these like bright lights it was like Icarus flying too close to the sun Um, it has a a very sad twist ending so um, I'm just going to quote from his story the ship docked back after they were superstars in Europe the ship docked back in the US in 1975 and operations moved on land so the band broke up Band always breaks up, right? I left Scientology Mm -hmm. in 1976. I had been put into the Rehabilitation Project Force for members deemed to be underperforming or having evil thoughts against Scientology. I had an epiphany. There was a guard outside my room day and night, but I, (laughs) but I, (laughs) but I faked having explosive diarrhea to get out (laughs) of room. You didn't see that coming, did you? I faked having explosive diarrhea to get out of my room, grabbed my money and my clothes, and jumped over the wall. I was lucky I woke up when I did. So, oh my god! So I know god. so many, so many, so many celebrity stories end in tragedy. But I did not expect that this the star Elron Hubbard, Elron Hubbard star pupil musician jazz band would end up. shitting his way (laughs) explosively (laughs) out of prison i also (laughs) want to know how did he go from being like the star musician to underperforming and having evil thoughts against scientology well
1: i think what happened was that it's dangerous (laughs) to have a band because it means that you have four people or five people with interests outside of the cult congregating together and performing music and that's the evil thoughts because it's like they're like hmm i don't know about this like i don't know this jazz
0: this jazz thing is pretty good i don't know really what this has to do with scientology (laughs) (laughs) so So there you go that's your nope i thought uh it was worth digging elizabeth banks should direct that movie (laughs) (laughs) that's a much better movie than cocaine bear
1: So much better.
0: jazz.
1: Maybe the cocaine bear universe can make (laughs) make an appearance.
0: (laughs) Maybe the explosive diarrhea was because he ate a bag of cocaine.
1: Right. And it went through the cosmos. (laughs) Through time
0: and space. Okay, nope, shut it down. I have one no, more thing no, we have to okay. talk about. So one of our specialties here, we have some topics that we really excel at. One of our specialties yes. is architecture and interior design. And we've been talking about that we're basically <laughs> interior designers. <laughs> we've been talking about this since the very early days. One of our first uh, uh, items that we talked about was the uh, when people had their apartments decorated with like shelves and shelves of books that they turned with the spines in so that it was like a nice white, All white. veneer. Yeah, exactly. And um, we talked to, was it Lindsay who talked about the fact that corridors are hot now? No, it was Lauren, Lauren, oh, Lauren, Lauren She's Meckling. an
1: expert in corridors.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Right, corridors are hot. I just read an article that atriums and foyers are back because it's a good transitional space between the COVID-ridden outdoors and your safe Shelter in place indoors. Oh, totally.
1: Yeah. Lots. It's very fluid.
0: So, uh, but I came up with a home that um, really is the latest cutting edge in interior design. Yeah, you found
1: something very interesting. I don't know.
0: It's not like I was browsing the Boston real estate listings. I am not moving to Boston, but this is a listing from Jamaica Plain neighborhood of Boston. It's four bedroom, three bath, two thousand square feet. It's on the market for eight (laughs) hundred ninety nine thousand dollars. You can see the pictures. It's delightful. It is light filled hardwood, open floor plan, just like people like. The only problem is that the floor plan might be too open because there's an open toilet.
1: there's no walls
0: there's no no walls around the toilet it's visible from the entire first floor no door no walls there is a glass shield but it is fully transparent so it's not it's not even a privacy shield and there's also a shower next to it that is also completely revealed to the world um and it's it's right there like you literally walk in the front door and you (laughs) if you're in plain sight of the toilet,
1: (laughs) it's the new open kitchen. It's It's the new open open kitchen. It's the toilet. So, um,
0: people online, of course, were had a field day with this. They were outraged, but not for the lack of privacy. There was a significant portion of the outraged people because they said this deprives you of a place to go hide from your kids and cry like I
1: don't know if you do that
0: like you know the 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 bathroom is your safe space um you can
1: go in the garage I guess I
0: don't know maybe that's open too You just drive your, your car into the living room.
1: <laughs> just dig a hole in the backyard and go there.
0: <laughs> well, do you remember when, like, I, maybe I was just young and everyone was poor, but like New York City apartments that famously have like a toilet in the living room.
1: Um, oh yeah, there were like all these apartments. I mean, still there's apartments in the East Village where there's like a bathtub in the kitchen. You know? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, no, like but a I remember cute, one that charming thing.
0: But there was actually a toilet in the kitchen, one of them. And there was a bathroom, but it only had the sink in it. So I think if you had Uh, company over and you had to use the bathroom, you had to have all your guests go into the... You had to use the toilet. You had all your (laughs) guests go cram into the bathroom (laughs) for a couple minutes. (laughs) Well, you did your business in the living room. The only person who...
1: (laughs) The only person who wasn't in the bathroom...
0: (laughs) Was the person actually using the toilet. Okay. Would, would you mind stepping outside for a moment? I by, And by outside, I mean into the bathroom so I could go to the bathroom in the living room. <laughs> Stranger things have happened in New York. Okay. So okay. Um, I looked at the history of this uh, property. So it was last sold. This is fascinating. It was last sold in May of 2019 for $418,000. So it's doubled in price since 2019. So it
1: was, it was... Is this is uh, hot. Is this feature is that people... I mean, <laughs> you could,
0: you could, you could like reverse engineer that. You could just knock down the walls around a toilet and double the price right, of your, you could- your house, I guess. Yeah. Um, but after it was purchased in May, it was then foreclosed on in January. Oh. Um, so I guess the people who bought the house had other problems in their lives that... <laughs>
1: Maybe so. the problem stemmed from the the toilet without walls.
0: No, that's what I'm saying. Or maybe they're both indicative of the same some sort of mental illness. Is <Yes>. Maybe. A, they thought this was a good house and b they couldn't afford it anyway
1: but i have a question I so this one apartment it's not part of a building where this no it's, a, is it's like, a
0: private standing house it's a guess, unique
1: so. okay okay because i thought it was part of like a building where every unit in the building had this no feature. this is a
0: house that was remodeled with this feature so last thing i just want to say is that uh, i checked on the actual like Z- the like zillow listing where they have the like marketing copy and this is the marketing copy located along the orange line corridor this newly renovated condo it's a condo i guess maybe it's a, a freestanding house with two units or something a renovated condo features a new kitchen with quartz countertops and stainless steel appliances a master suite private rear deck and new electrical hardware floors throughout located close to your favorite jamaica plain hotspots.
1: they left out a pretty big detail there i, I mention like it?
0: wait the master suite has a private rear deck but not a private toilet
1: Yeah, but right. Like if they're going to emphasize private as being something good, they're undermining their whole sales pitch there.
0: This does not make any sense. And then, of course, there's a thing where you can like request an appointment slot to go do a viewing. And I was not shocked to learn that there were no appointments taken. All the appointment (laughs) slots are open. (laughs) <laughs> so they're either going to have to wall in the toilet or lower the price so to mm. that house i say nope i nope, am ready not. to move on to the ups okay. uh, these are little rays of light a little because i hope that got us through the week rachel what is your yup
1: i mean perhaps this is obvious but i think sometimes you have to go with the obvious choice my yup goes to oprah our finest living interviewer um her thing is always talking about living with intention. Like, I feel like she popularized that phrase and you could see she totally practices what she preaches. Every question she asked came from a place of genuine curiosity and empathy. And her intent was like to understand, not to exploit, not to create big ratings. The effect was that <laughs> there were great rating. ratings, but but that was not the purpose. And the effect of her concentration and her focus on detail and her attention to her craft created this bonanza. So Yup to Oprah Winfrey. Love you. You are the Queen of America.
0: I second. Except that. not a
1: real monarch. Yeah.
0: No. Okay. As it should be. Um yeah. so my yup goes to the nation of Angola. <laughs> um, not often discussed on this podcast, but worthy of my yup this week because um there's so many um anti-gay anti-women terribly discriminatory human rights violations laws on the books in third world countries um and there are places i don't feel i would love to visit i don't feel safe going but angola just repealed its ban on homosexual conduct uh which was the vices against nature clause And furthermore, they also ban discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation, which is not something we don't have here in America. So Angola is more progressive. Angola, that's
1: amazing. I love that.
0: Texas or, you know, whatever. So hats off to Angola. Yup to Angola.
1: Yes. Maybe (laughs) we'll get some Angolan listeners. Yeah, I don't think we have
0: any, but um, we'll tag them in our tweets and maybe they'll they'll come come a running. (laughs) Okay. So uh, those are our yups. Uh, Uh, listen thank you so much uh for your support our ratings have been great and we've been getting more and more five star reviews maybe because we asked maybe organically but um we dipped below the five star average it was like 4.8 or a little It's like an uber driver like you can't have a 4.8 that sucks and we got we got a bunch of fives we We're back back to 5.0 so thank you very much and you're clearly telling your friends because that's absolutely the best way to uh to spread the word we hear you like the new uh the new theme song especially with rachel singing uh singing vocals on it <laughs> What is that look you just gave me you're like i told you so <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> See, you finally let me sing on it and now it's better i told you so okay yes anyway this has been a terrible terrible week but it's been a fun podcast to record thank you for listening this has been nope
1: the podcast where we shut it down mm-hmm.